0: Welcome to Ag Matters, a podcast where we talk about both matters of agriculture and why agriculture matters. Here's your host, Dr. Amanda Stone, Mississippi State University Assistant Professor and Extension Dairy Specialist.
1: Today we have um, Michael Ferguson, who is a dairy farmer from Mississippi. And if you don't mind, can you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about your farm or
0: you. Okay. Amanda did say that my name is Michael Ferguson, and I think that's who I am. <laughs> uh, that's a good thing to that's be. That's a yeah. good thing. Uh, I'm a dairy farmer from North Mississippi. We milk about 110 cows, and uh, we're a grass-based operation. We uh, supplement a little bit in the milk and parlor with some grain, but basically uh, high-quality hay and uh, grass are our main staples.
1: Perfect. And so you grew up on a, on a dairy farm. I, right. I did,
0: mm-hmm. I did. Uh, uh, we grew up on a small dairy farm. My mother uh, 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 was a, a very strong lady. She was a school teacher, and my dad passed away when I was four and left five of us on there. So we, it, was a, it was truly a family uh, endeavor, but I will say it probably helped, kept us a lot out of trouble and mm-hmm. uh, helped our family to survive. And it's been a way of life for me my whole life.
1: Yes, and it's a difficult way of life, which we'll uh, get into in in a little bit. But can you tell me when you're on the farm um, what kind of a typical day looks like for
0: you, what you work on? Okay, uh, you know, that's one thing that uh, uh, you never wake up. Wondering what you're going to do in the day because there's a couple of things you're going to do every day one thing You're going to milk the cows. You're going to feed the cows. You're going to take care of all the offspring uh, And you're going to provide uh, the consuming public with the most perfect uh, gift that God has given us for nutrition mm-hmm. uh, i tell you um, w- Dairy farmers are probably some of the most dedicated, caring individuals in the world because uh, we love our animals. Mm -hmm. We take good care of them. We realize that they're our partners and if we don't treat them right, then uh, uh, you do not uh, uh, survive in this industry.
1: Mm I think that's something that surprises people when they come out to see our university herd a lot is that our cows are so friendly. And if they were afraid of people, if we were mean to them, they wouldn't come up and do that, right? So I think that's – if you've never been to a farm, you don't realize how much producers do care about their animals and the the land that they're taking care of too. So can you talk a little bit about what hardships there currently are in the dairy industry, milk prices, infrastructure, all of that?
0: Okay, uh, I think I saw something recently where, uh, over the course of the t- last 10 years, the figures showed that dairying has been profitable only one of those 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I went through an exercise years ago on a committee that I was on, where they asked for the meaning of sustainability. And when it uh, got around to my turn, I said, well, you know, if you're a dairy farmer, uh, and you're still daring. You're pretty dug on sustainable. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, there are a multitude of uh, things that make life hard. The 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 day in and day out grind. Uh, the stress. The financial uh, end of it is is stressful. But the rewards are great also. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you you brought up something that is being. Becoming more and more of a problem, the infrastructure aspect of it. Uh, used to that you could get uh, supplies, uh, medicinals at every turn, uh, locally through your feed store and different places. But now, with different regulations and and the the fewer farmers that there are out there, uh, most of your supplies or come from maybe one supplier if you're lucky or uh, you maybe even have to order them uh, uh, online or and by another means and have them delivered by a trucking firm. Repairs are, you, you need to be kind of a jack of all trades, anything mm-hmm. pertaining to dairy and milking. Uh, you better have a spare part and you better know <laughs> how to put it on because those cows have to be uh, milked every day. Mm-hmm and uh, for the infrastructure thing is becoming more and more a uh, 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 cause of concern. The, I told a young farmer probably 20 years ago, he asked me, how am I gonna survive when I'm milking 100 cows and I'm, I'm shipping five, 6,000 pounds a day? I said, well, it's one of two things you've got to do. You have got to either get large enough to ship a load of milk every other day where an 18 wheeler can come and and get your product or you better move and you better move close to an interstate and close to other dairies Mm -hmm. because uh the the days of uh a truck driving four five six hundred miles to get a load of milk and go into a plant they're coming to an end
1: Mm
0: -hmm. and uh Uh, We're almost at that point right now. That's one of the biggest issues with some of our farmers is if they're isolated, uh, getting a load of milk to get to the nearest milk plant. Mm -hmm. In our state, we've got two milk plants, Kosciuszko and Hattiesburg. And uh, I'm not that close to either one. Uh, But uh, I'm uh, in an area where we do have a route that... Picks up myself and my neighbor, and then on his way to the plant at Kosciusko, can get a whole load of milk on a basically direct route. So mm-hmm. I have been lucky in that respect. And my neighbors and I joke all the time, said, You let me know when you're getting out of the business because right. this is a joint effort. Yeah. We, we,
1: well, and that's scary though, but I, Bradley Taylor, I had him on uh, the episode that will air before you, and we talked about that how when a producer in Mississippi goes out, it affects everybody around them when that's not really the case in pennsylvania or wisconsin right they can go out and the truck just adds one more dairy down the road but here it has a, a ripple effect and you're depending not just on yourself but on someone else that you hope is going to stick around and that's kind of scary
0: yeah absolutely absolutely and uh, you know as is i have said for quite some time um the dairy industry has got to evolve. Uh, in the southeast, we're basically a fluid market, and uh, as a matter of fact, I don't know of but maybe one or two small uh, commodity operations or cheese plants that are, are even operating now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and if you look at the consuming public and what they're demanding from from dairy. They, they kind of want it in a different way than what may, maybe I grew up used to. So mm-hmm. uh, we are going to have to adapt to, to be a part of the future in that respect.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and how do you think we've gotten to where we are from an infrastructure standpoint and even from a dairies going out of business standpoint? How did this happen?
0: Well, Amanda, the, the, you look at it, uh, dairying is, is a situation where Uh, if you grew up in it, well, you understand it's twice a day, seven days a week, Mm -hmm. 365 days a year. Uh, And in some cases, like one of my neighbors, it's three times a day. Uh But uh, you know, that's not I can remember when my children were coming up and they both uh, my son uh, uh, worked with me in the dairy and as well as my daughter would help with the calves and and uh, she loved to cut the grass. <laughs> uh, that's where she got her driving skills from. Anyway, uh, you know, young people nowadays have better options. Mm-hmm. Even farmers have better options where they may not, if they want to take off for a couple of days and go hunting or mm-hmm. or be with the family somewhere, it's not nearly as hard. It's a major, major uh, undertaking if you are a dairy farmer, to be able to take off a couple of days mm-hmm. here or there. And uh, uh, the good Lord's blessed us with a wonderful uh, uh, life, but uh, the cows have to be milked. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. uh, you, it, it's, it's just extremely tough. And as the dairies have left, so has the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's got to be, everybody has got to, to make a living and uh, that's one of the things that you have to understand that's why we have to become more self-sufficient the fewer of us that are around because uh, uh, they're not i know that one of the issues now is uh, the normal technician that works on your air conditioner in your home Mm -hmm. sometimes he gets stumped when he's trying to help you fix your milk tank to make it uh-huh. make sure that it's cooling properly it's not the exact same even though it's the same principles in a lot of respect it's not the exact same thing so
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, those uh, uh, issues are becoming more prevalent every day
1: mm-hmm. well and that's the there's a lot of difficult parts of of dairying but I think one of the the difficulties as somebody who has had children and grown up with children on the dairy farm like you, um, and I talked about this with with Bradley too, is that you want your kids to have a better life than you, right? And you don't want them to have to work quite as hard as you. You want them to still be hard workers, right? But you don't want them to have to do that. And I think that's hard for for dairy producers to, you want them to carry on the, the legacy of your dairy farm, but you also don't want them to have that life. Like, have you struggled with that as your kids were growing up?
0: yeah uh somewhat uh i I did I mean I did not push my children into any field, but uh, uh, they both chose the directions they would go, but they were one thing that dairy did do for both of them, it taught them a work ethic. uh-huh. Uh, they knew that when whenever they got to college and uh, finished college that they had to get out and, and find some means of providing for their family mm-hmm. and we've been very blessed in that respect. And uh, But I will say that both of my children uh, would not trade what they do to come back to the farm. Uh-huh. I mean they enjoy it. Uh, they enjoy getting out now and, and uh, as a matter of fact my son does have a, uh, a small farm but uh, one thing when he he said, Daddy, you need to just come down and help me. And I said, well, that's great. He said, but it's just one thing. We're not going to be milking cows. <laughs> so uh, the the seven-day-a-week grind, uh-huh. the twice-a-day, uh, uh, you've got to be really unique in that respect.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and that's a conversation that I've had with multiple producers who are planning to go out of business, right? And they, they're always – Like farming is who you are. If you grew up on a farm and farming's been in your family for forever, like that is what you identify as your identity. And when producers ask me, you know, I I need to go out financially, but I have no clue what I would do. And my response is always, anybody in any field would be lucky to hire a dairy producer or a kid that grew up on a dairy farm because there is no work ethic equal to what what dairy producers do. And I think that is something that people need to think about if they are thinking about going out. And the financials that you mentioned are a reason sometimes to not want to continue on. Um, Hopefully, that will improve. Um, Do you think that's going to happen sometime?
0: (laughs) Yeah, uh, you know, this predicted that uh, the year 2020 will be much better overall than the past has been. We've seen some recent improvement in pricing. Uh, the big thing is we had reached a point where we had between 16 and 17% of our production was going offshore in the form of exports. And with the tariffs and and all the trade situations that have been kind of floating around for the last year or so, uh, it's dropped down to 14 or something. But I would like to make one point, Mm -hmm. that even though we have had a slight decrease in exports, the actual value of our products that we export have gone up. And we had a record year as far as dollars-wise. So I'm I'm thinking if we could get uh, – we've had really good uh, – uh, consumption from a domestic standpoint uh, and and we haven't had that much of an increase in production over the course of the past year the 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 stars are lining for us to have a very good 2020 if we could get some of these trade issues uh, uh, settled and they ve- and uh, verified or whatever the Congress needs to do to make sure that they they kick mm-hmm. in uh, we could have a very good 2020 and I'm hoping even 2021 uh, mm-hmm. uh, that could help, but it's going to take us an extended period of much better prices to get our equity situation back so that mm-hmm. some of us can survive.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, because I very much understand I've got friends that are, are my age or, or even older and uh, you look around and you uh, some of it is a necessity to keep working because you want to pay your health insurance and, uh-huh. you, and you want to put food on the table. Uh-huh. And uh, some of it is trying to get to the price of cattle back so that if you do plan on retiring any time in the near future, uh, there will be a little bit left after you get through paying all your uh-huh. bills.
1: Right. And you don't have to sell the land that you grew Correct. up on. And Correct. that's a lot of equity on a, on really any farm is tied up in the land. So it's not like you can just have a retirement fund. The, Correct. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's all
1: true. That makes it difficult. Um, so the farm bill, the new farm bill, um, is going to be coming up soon. Can you talk a little bit about, I guess, first what the farm bill is and how it helps producers, hopefully helps producers, and what the changes may be? Okay. Okay.
0: Uh- There's not been a lot of chatter yet, Uh, I don't think. uh, uh, The the past farm bill was the first time that dairy has gotten a program that I think can be of benefit to a dairy farmer. It's The margin protection program is something that uh, uh, if it's uh, taken advantage of, to find uh, the level of coverage that you need, uh, for a small producer, I think it's basically a godsend. It's, it's something that, uh, it, it comes as close to guaranteeing a break-even situation as anything we've ever had. Mm-hmm. Uh, programs in the past have not gained a lot of traction because, frankly, they haven't been worth a whole lot to the dairy producer, but the mm-hmm. one we have now is, is uh, better. There's some talk of tweaking it and, and uh, uh, because the, the larger producer feels left out. As uh, far as our state's concerned, uh, ev- practically everybody in our state can take advantage of it.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and it kind of works like an insurance program, right? That if a Correct. price goes below a certain point, you're covered.
0: Right. Uh, the, basically, the margin protection program uh, is – based on a few things. One is the pri- the overall price of milk or the, what they call the all milk price. You take the all milk price and then you have a feed aspect of it where the cost of, of uh, corn, soybean meal and uh, top quality alfalfa hay are figured and that margin is the difference in the, the price of the milk and the price of the commodities and that's the coverage that you can buy. Okay. So uh and if you can't, uh, uh, the other factors involved in your production uh, is where you have the management has to come in. And that's why I say this is close to being a a, a profit assurer as anything that we've ever experienced. And it's something completely new for dairy mm-hmm. because now, the row crop guys have gotten pretty good at it. But uh, it's something that every dairy farmer really needs to investigate and, and participate in if he's not already participating in it
1: Mm-hmm. and so do you think that will remain constant for the next farm bill
0: uh the the program we have now uh we're in the first year of a five-year program mm-hmm. so i i think that that the the uh margin protection will be part of the next farm bill it will be tweaked to to maybe give some uh, Perks to the larger producers raising the limits that are mm-hmm. covered now. I think now the the limit's five million pounds,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, uh, like I said, there's probably only a couple of dairies in our state that are mm-hmm. above that limit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, the the larger producers out west and uh, are are going to probably get some tweaking of this program mm-hmm. to to suit them.
1: When most of the farm, oh I don't know, I don't remember what percentage is mostly for like free and reduced. Lunches, right? Yes, and then the the rest of it, which is a minority portion of it, goes to actually helping producers. Correct. Mm -hmm. Um, Correct. So, on the you mentioned something that is true, but also a little bit sad that I just want to reiterate that you're talking about trying to get to a break-even point for producers. You're not trying to get to a profitable point. We would love to get there, but that's that's the mindset of the industry right now, which is really sad, don't you
0: think? Yes, and let me let me say something. I'm going to say something that's probably going to be pretty controversial, and but I think it needs to be said. A few years ago, we had a point where, where the price of milk went up to about twenty-five dollars uh-huh. a hundredweight, and boy, everybody and their brother was just singing the praises. Yes. But that thing just stayed there for a couple of, a couple of three months, mm-hmm. and uh, even though it was fantastic, it came down a lot quicker than it went up. Mm-hmm. I would really like to see if the price of milk gets into that range again, that maybe. Uh, we as dairy farmers could help in some way to temper that upward portion where I would much rather have uh, milk prices in the uh, low 20s Consistently. over, over mm-hmm. a two to three year period mm-hmm. as opposed to having a tremendous spike and then fall off the cliff uh-huh. the next month. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, you mentioned something just a second ago that I'd like to maybe comment on. Uh, yeah, the farm bill, which I have some people in, in my church that in Sunday school, I had some questions about the giveaway programs. There are very few giveaway programs mm-hmm. for the farmer. You know, all farmers, that we, we're buying crop insurance mm-hmm. or, or margin insurance. So we pay premiums for this. And and most of the, the dairy... Portions have always been self-sustaining.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They, it's not a, a big layout of government funds in that. Now, I you were th- you were saying I think it's something like eighty to eighty-five percent of the farm bill expenditures are for government mm-hmm. feeding programs, school lunch, uh, WIC, uh, all those type of programs. The military, the, what we feed the military, mm-hmm. all of that is uh, uh, affected and comes under the agriculture bug because they are buying commodities for those programs. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's what the the consumer... uh, I would really like to get that message out if we could to let them know that all the trillions of dollars that are spent are not going to the farmer Uh out here in the field.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, and there will be 10 billion people listening to this podcast, so we'll get that (laughs) message out, right?
0: (laughs) I'm sure. Yeah.
1: Back in the, the day, though, it used to... I guess probably help a little bit more when it was set up that the government would then purchase like excess milk and, and make more cheese or do whatever so that it wasn't just wasted and not paid. And that doesn't, subsidy programs don't really exist anymore at at least in our industry. And so that has caused some changes. So what can we as consumers or people in the dairy industry, what can we do to help producers?
0: I'll tell you, uh, There's something that you just mentioned, and the government this time in their farm bill, uh, there were some funds in there to buy product to put into feed uh, uh, food banks and Mm -hmm. those type things. We in dairy, and uh, specifically Dairy Motion, we have put dollars into the uh, process also by providing these food banks with – uh, refrigeration equipment so that uh-huh. they can that's one thing food banks have across the country have not had in the past to uh is the capabilities of handling fresh fluid milk uh-huh. in their operations so we've been may, been able to help out there which the, is the
1: number one requested item for food banks
0: that's exactly right uh so you know uh, if you're thinking about making a contribution to a food bank or something, if you could, hey, maybe put a couple of gallons of milk in that cart mm-hmm. and, and get it to that food bank, uh, it not only helps the people that are receiving it, but it helps your dairy farmers too. Uh, yeah, buy our products. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and one other thing, if you know uh, a dairy farmer or anybody in farming, give your input, what you'd like to see in the future. What kind of product? I know... One of the things that you can look at is uh, the consumer trends, what they're buying. We know we, as being dairy farmers, we know we have got to change. We have got to change some of our product lines. So you know, hey, uh, uh, we, we'd love if you have can participate in surveys to to for your grocery chains and things of that nature. We need that feedback, and mm-hmm. because like I said, we do have the most perfect. Uh, product on on the market for mm-hmm. nutrition and for hey for taste too huh so uh, uh but give us help in those respects and uh uh just uh i know that the, the there are a lot of people out there that are naysayers and and they're saying that you know agriculture is antiquated and you're polluting and you're this and that and the other but i i will promise you we are the very uh best stewards of your land mm-hmm. your cattle and uh we do care about the environment mm-hmm. and we if if the studies that have come out have shown that uh, we are very green if mm-hmm. you want because uh for the for the amount of nutrients that are produced we're the most efficient as far as what we contribute to greenhouse gas and those things uh we're far and away of, of better than, than most of your industries.
1: Uh-huh. Yep. and that, like you said, there is a lot of research that shows that that's the case where you have to be good stewards just like you have to take care of your cows. You have to be good stewards of the land or it's not going to grow your crops or feed your cows, so it, it makes Absolutely. sense. Absolutely. So what do you see as the future of the industry?
0: The future of the industry, uh, the only growth that I've seen in our state uh, – over the course of the last 10 to 15 years are the smaller, uh, self-processing, uh, mm-hmm. and, and that is a market that needs to be cultivated. Uh, uh, I, a lot of people say, well, they're, they're not helping the dairy, this, that, and the other. Well, I, I disagree. I think there's room in this thing for all of us. Mm-hmm. Whether you buy organic, whether you buy fresh milk from a from a, uh, a self-processor or, or, or whatever avenue that you want to buy your products in, uh, there's a market, and there's gonna that market will be filled. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's growth there. In our particular area, it is extremely hard to milk cows in the southeast because of the uh, uh, weather conditions. The heat and mm-hmm. humidity are the cattle's worst enemy. And uh, uh, it takes millions of dollars to build a larger operation with self-contained facilities that will be for cow comfort and those mm-hmm. type things uh i don't know how much of a future uh in the southeast it's extremely hard to to get financing on those things uh, other areas of the country uh are more conducive to that uh you have certain pockets of milk so it, it, people may not want to hear this, but I think that those are going to continue to grow
1: mm-hmm.
0: the the product may be produced uh, and shipped in here but your fresh local milk will never go away as long as the demand
1: mm-hmm. is
0: there to dictate to the market that uh, hey this is what I want this is what I will pay for but mm-hmm. you will. Uh, I know it's really nice to go down and to be able to go into Aldi's or go across the street to Walmart and get milk for 99 cents Uh a gallon, but that's not really uh, a practical situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, uh, you know, you pay, generally you get what you pay for, so uh, just... When you pick up that gallon of milk, or you pick up that uh, bucket of ice cream, or a block of cheese, just think, hey, you know, there's a lot that goes into producing this. The guys that produce this do a heck of a good job, and they're real proud of what they do, and uh, they care about they care about their consuming public.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They they want that consumer to be uh, a healthy individual, and dairy is a big part of that diet of a healthy individual.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: and uh we, we want to have the best product out there that we can possibly do. So uh, it, it takes all of us working to the same goal to, to, to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, if the, the consumer public just needs to know that dairy farmers care, so how about care and fight them?
1: I like that. It can be your, your slogan when you run for political office, right? Yeah, yeah. in your dreams. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to add that we didn't uh, discuss?
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm excited about the dairy industry. I'm excited that the next few years, and I'm excited of where we're going. And I, I do, there's one board that I do serve. I do serve on the Dairy Management Incorporated Board, DMI board. And what we're looking at right now is an extended look into uh, 2030. What, what what's, mm-hmm. it, what's dairy going to do in 2030? Where are we going to be? What's What's the consuming public going to want and what we're thinking about? So, you know, you got to do a little outside-the-box thinking
1: Uh
0: uh, about what products the consumer wants and uh, how we're going to get there. And uh, there are a lot of uh, discussion right now about how is the southeast going to fit into that. And uh, I urge every dairy producer, if there are any listening to this, Mm -hmm. that – don't uh, draw a circle around yourself thinking that the only thing that's going on is your dairy farm. Think, and, and when you hear about changes and you hear about programs that are coming in and they may ask you to participate in, and you say, well, I don't want to do that. It's just more problems for me. We have got to be able to adjust and adapt. And uh, if not, we won't have to worry about 2030 because mm-hmm. we won't be here. So I, that's, that's the one thing, Amanda, that I would really like to try to get, uh, nail home to our dairy farmers. Just mm-hmm. be ready for change because it's still going to be coming.
1: Right, one way or the other. Absolutely. And sometimes change is a positive. Yes. It's always hard, yes. but it's <laughs> sometimes yes. good. Yes, I agree with that. Well, I really appreciate you being on with me. Well, thank you. Thank, thank you for, you. for coming Jordan. in. Thank you. And join us next time on Ag Matters. And make sure you like and subscribe.
0: Ag Matters is produced and supported by the Mississippi State University Extension Service.